Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On Thursdays, it is just me. It is a short, a 5 to 15 minute conversation that I am going to either expand on a topic or subject I hit on in a previous interview that I think needs to be talked about more that I didn't get a chance to with my guest or that sort of awoken something in me that wanted me to speak about this or something that's trending in the health and fitness and medical industry. And today I want to talk a little bit about scaling, the process of scaling and sort of the the economics behind it for those who are starting a business or thinking about starting a business down the road. Um, there's a great book called The Voltage Effect by, I believe it's John List, who worked for both Uber and Lyft. And he was the chief economist there. And in this book, it talks a lot about the difference between vertical and horizontal scaling and mistakes that people make in businesses. And the example that he gives is that uh, Roland Fryer is a, a great economist, especially when it comes to uh, education. Uh, they were building out a kindergarten, uh, I believe, in Chicago, and they were trying to test. Uh, they were trying to put together a curriculum and test that curriculum. And a few of the economists had an argument about how they were going to go about this. Uh, one of them wanted to wanted to get the best possible teachers in that Chicago area to run the program, and the other one wanted the teachers to kind of mirror the standard teachers in the Chicago area. And you might ask, well, why would you want to do that? Well, the reason is because. Well, the school was successful. They went ahead and just got the 30 best teachers they could, and the school was hyper-successful. The problem is, if you want a horizontal scale, which is then opening up that same type of kindergarten in Detroit, and then in San Francisco and in New York, you're fine. But when you do vertical scaling, which means you're building on top of each other, you're going to build five other schools within, let's say, a 10-mile radius, there's a finite number of really good teachers. You're not going to get... The, the next 30 teachers are not going to be as good as those 30 teachers you just got. So as you drop off... In, the, in that category, in that particular category of the strength of the, the teacher's ability, then now the curriculum, now these kids aren't doing as well as they did previously. So you weren't really able to test the curriculum in and of itself. You were testing the curriculum combined with great teaching. And you might say, well, what does that have to do with fitness? Well, it has a lot to do with fitness. I was just on a conversation uh, on a podcast with Michael Hughes, who's the owner of Gymnazo. And so, you know, if Gymnazo wants to expand horizontally, they're good to go. They open up in a new city, they get the best trainers, they go about it. But vertically, they're in St. Louis Obispo. If they, if they want to open up six gyms in that area, well, maybe they're going to struggle because how are they supposed to get that many good trainers in one area if their business model is built off of having, you know, trainers who have the understanding of both the client relations side and the science side and the movement side, it might be difficult to get a bunch of good trainers in one area. So, you know, scaling, when you think about building your business, whether you're building a course, whether you're building your independent gym, whether you're building your own small personal training business, has to come into play. Because when you do things like A-B test play, because when you do things like A-B testing, Sometimes it works on a small scale. Let's go ahead and say you have a website and you want to do some A-B testing, which where is my landing page getting clicked on more? You do two different landing pages, each for a total of six weeks, and you have traffic driven to your, your page to see where people are clicking, which landing page worked better. That's, that's fine. But then there are things that you can't foresee when that becomes... When, when they when that traffic is tripled or quadrupled or or hundredfold and there's way more traffic that comes, there's going to be other problems that aren't there. Sort of when you you know when you take the uh, the experiment from the petri dish to real life, there's always unintended consequences, so to speak, for lack of a better term, or 
unintended outcomes, I should say, because you have the demand side and you have the supply side and you have to look at all of it. And I think as fitness professionals, when you're looking at something like, okay, I want to open up a fitness facility. Let's go down, let's go down this rabbit hole. I open up a small fitness facility. I just want to do, you know, have, have some personal training five, you know, maybe I'll five trainer and we're all, you know, we're all going to work and, and we'll have our clients. Well, you know, what happens when all five trainers are filled and they each have 10 to 15 clients a day? Do you, did you foresee that maybe there's going to be crossover between what the clients want to do and you don't have enough room where you only have one Smith machine? And if you have all five trainers in there and all five trainers are happen to be working with a client who, who, who and, or at least three or four of the five trainers want to be on the Smith machine at, the, at any given time with their client, well, what do you do? So there's all these problems that you have to think in advance when my business gets to the largest possible extent that my business can grow to, what problems am I going to have? And can I solve those problems on the front end? Now, sometimes it's okay to kick the can down the road or there is no other option. You just, you have to start at some point. You can't keep telling yourself, I'm not going to start this business because there's going to be problems down the road. No, of course you have to start. But to foresee some of those problems can really ensure that you're you're saving yourself both from a, a financial standpoint and from a time road, like I gave that example of the educational process, wherein if their goal, which it was, was to scale vertically in the Chicago area, they would have gotten a, you know, a wide range of teachers, average teachers, good teachers, you know, sub sub average teachers, because that's the profile of most of the teachers that you're going to get in that Chicago area. You're not going to have the 30 best teachers in each school. And that's the same thing if you're if you're trying to grow your gym or your training program and you're like, okay, I have a I have an ideology behind how I want to train people. Maybe I'm a, an Olympic weightlifting coach and I know I know a really good way to get people from, you know, lifting this amount to this amount and get you ready to compete. Okay, that's great. Maybe you can teach that ideology to other people, but you have to you have to take into consideration what happens from a scalability standpoint when you want to take that program up. Can that program run without you? Or does that program need you specifically to be the one teaching it, right? Are there a lot of one teaching it, right? Are there a lot of nuances where you have to be on site doing it? Because ultimately we want to work on our business, not in our business. That's the goal, to be able to step away and get things running on their own. Now that you can't always do that because there is a personal side to personal training. But ultimately, if you want to scale, that is the end goal. I'll, I'll give you another example to give a story here. I have family who is involved in a, a business and one of them is always on site and their vision, their expertise of this particular uh, clothing and this and this design of the store is paramount to the success of the store. So she has to be on site all the time. She has to be involved in the process day to day of setting everything up, making sure everything looks right, making sure that you know things are moved in one direction and and uh, the things that are out of style, out of fashion get get put on sale and things that are back in fashion get moved back onto the racks. Well, how are you supposed to expand that in, into a, a second and third and fourth store if if everything is relying upon your eyeballs and your skills and you being there and being able to have to make decisions there and then as opposed to there being a little bit more of a, a generalized process. So we, we have to think if you're somebody who's planning on opening up some sort of fitness business, is my plan to eventually grow where I can scale? Do I want to open up a second or third or fourth or fifth business? Is this something I want to step away from? If I'm going to step away from this, I have to look at things. Even selling your business, I write about this in my book. If you name it Cindy Smith's Beach Body Class and 
you know, your name is Cindy, and then you want to have other instructors take this over from you one day and you want to sell this thing, well, that might be more difficult. Yeah, it's good to brand yourself, but at the same time, you could have just named it, you know, the f fun beach body class. So I think you, you have to take a step back and look, what is your what is your long-term plan here? And I also have this in my book. I wrote about exit strategies for business. If you have to sell all the equipment, if you have to get out, if something happens, if you have, you know, the worst case scenario, are, are you willing to do that? Are you ready to do that? Do you have a do you have a strategy to sell all that equipment? I know people don't want to think about the worst case scenario, but when you're starting a business, you kind of have to. You have to think about all of these avenues that you could go down that are some of them are just outside of your control. It might not be that you're not successful in the business. It could be a huge hit to the economy or something happened in your business that was just out of your control completely. So Again, this conversation was mostly around the economics of business. I'm an economics nut. It's opened my eyes sort of to seeing this, I would call it this business game from 2D into 3D. I'm really seeing all angles of this now when you investigate how the supply and demand side and, and the scaling and all these sort of economies go into the business. And I really think that there are to think that there are too many people who sell themselves short in the personal training industry and I've, I've been one of them where you get caught up and you start to build your business, you start to learn. Before you know it, you have 10, 15, 20 clients and you're working 50 hours a week and you're stuck. You're absolutely stuck. There's nothing else to do. Your, your hours are the only thing you have to sell. You working with the client one-on-one, -on -one, giving your information. Well, how do you scale that up? Do you build a course? Do you have some sort of, uh, we call it, small private group training classes, right? That's another way to sort of quote unquote scale where now I have four or five people who are all of the same, let's call it athletic prowess and they all have the same goals. And I put them in a class together because that makes me more money for the hour. Maybe instead of charging them 60 each, I charge them 35 each, but there's five of them in the class. So I make a lot more money for that hour and I can still provide them value because they have the same goals because I know them. Now, the, this, this having worked with them one-on-one -on -one first. So you work with them one-on-one -on -one, or maybe you continue to work with them one-on-one -on -one here and there once a week. And then you have these small group training classes where, when they all come together, you charge a little bit less, but there's more of them there at the same time. You have to think about how do I spend more time on the business rather than in the business and how do I step away and work less hours and still make the same amount of money because burnout is a huge issue in the industry. You sort of have two sides to the industry. You have people who come in right away, they get frustrated, they can't get clients and they leave. And then you have the other side where you have people who are hyper successful right away and they're four or five years in and now they're working 50, 60 hours a week and they're just burnt out. They don't know what to do because, again, we have to wear the, the marketing hat, the sales hat, the psychiatrist hat, the, the news reporter hat, the gossip queen hat, the personal trainer hat, the physical therapist hat, the psychiatrist hat. We're wearing all these hats all the time, all day long, talking to people, getting them to their goals. And it's... It, it's rewarding in one sense, being psychologically and physically on us. And as you get older, you're going to have to find a way to somehow scale and somehow push hours together to make more money. Private group training, small group training. I've had whole podcasts on that as a way to do that, but also having foresight into, okay, if I'm building a business and there's a scaling process here, how do I make sure that on the front end, I'm not uh, handcuffing myself or, or building myself into a corner where I can't get out? This has been an episode of the Truly Fit Podcast. See you guys on Monday. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform. And feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. 
social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.